Welcome to The Emily Osmond Show. I'm your host, Emily Osmond, an online marketing educator, leader of an incredible global community of female entrepreneurs and a content creator based in Melbourne, Australia. This show is designed to bring you practical strategies and candid real stories of entrepreneurs to help you make marketing, mindset and money your superpowers. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to the show. Now, I don't know if this might sound familiar to you, but I've been having quite a few discussions recently with my community about investing in accounting software and whether it's an expense that they can really afford. This often comes after they share the all too familiar stories about staying up to the early hours to sort out their books and not really knowing how profitable their business actually is. I regularly spruik the tool that I've used from day one in my business. And so I knew I wanted to ask someone from the company to come onto the podcast and do the talking. Zero, spelled X-E-R-O, is small business accounting software. It was born out of New Zealand in 2006, and it now has 2 million users across 180 countries. And it really allows us to be on top of our numbers at any given time inform our business decisions, save us a fair bit of time and stress, and ultimately thrive. So joining me on this episode is Angus Capel, the small business advocate at Zero, And I had a lot of fun chatting with Angus. We talk about how different businesses, so freelancers, brick and mortar stores, e-commerce businesses, can really leverage accounting software with specific examples to excel in their business. Also, the biggest trends and opportunities that Angus sees across the board being really having that bird's eye view across thousands of different businesses and his top accounting tips for small business owners. So take a screenshot while you're listening and tag us on Instagram. Tag me at Emily Osmond and also Zero at X-E-R-O. We'd love to see and hear if you enjoyed this episode. And also stay tuned for Thursday's episode because I might have a little announcement coming and a chance for you to win big. All right, let's get into the show. Well, Angus, thank you so much for joining me today. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat all things uh, small business accounting. But first of all, I would love to find out a little bit about you. Is there anything that you're listening to, reading or watching right now? Oh, well, I, I am. And I'm, I'm so pleased that you asked um, because I think that, you know, I've been working from home for about four months now. And it's really given me the chance to be listening to music in particular, basically for the whole workday. Um, so, so just letting Spotify rip on, on what it thinks I am going to like is, is really delivering some gems. So one in particular is called Brass Against. Uh, not sure if you would have heard of it, but it's kind of a, it's a Rage Against the Machine cover band of, uh, with, with a bunch of brass instruments. And so it's got, <laughs> it is fantastic. It's got trombones and tubers and trumpets and, and a head singer who is just mean. So it's amazing. Yeah, I've just loved it. It's weird, but I love it. It's confusing, but yeah, fantastic. What a yeah. treat to be able to listen to that all day as well when you're working yeah. from home. <laughs> Absolutely. So there's no one to judge me um, and I can just quietly hear, enjoy it by myself. So it's great. That's awesome. And are you reading anything or watching anything? 
Um, reading a little bit. Um, so always kind of reading the, the entrepreneur and tech startup type books. So have been reading, what's it called? Start Before You're Ready by a, a local Canberra entrepreneur who got his break by being able to churn out cycling outfits a lot quicker than the competition. His story is really amazing, you know, and just throwing himself into entrepreneurialism uh, and just making mistakes as he goes and dealing with it and just being, you know, his, his whole edge was being faster to market and catering to the corporate side of, of things who was just at the time getting into triathlons and cycling and all of that sort of stuff, but obviously a little bit unorganized about organizing the kit. Um, so yeah, it's a fantastic, fantastic read that one, but also right into Mr. Robot as well, which oh, is a, a yeah. series, which is a pretty old, I guess now, and same sort of thing, you know, it's about this whole new world and digitization and privacy and, and how interconnected people are and what sort of a risk it is and, you know, how it can be disrupted to really upset the new world order. So between work and brass against those two are, are filling my time fairly well. And as I was saying, you know, the, the new cocker spaniel puppy as well. So, so yeah, got wall to wall activities at the moment. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, Angus. So introduce yourself for those that um, have never heard of you before. Who are you and what do you do? Yeah, sure. So my name is Angus Capel. I am Zero's small business advocate. Um, so leading up to this point, I grew up on a cattle property in northern New South Wales, a cattle grazing property. So my parents were through and through small business owners, family business that had been on that farm for a few generations. The closest town was a little little place called Bingra. Uh, which has about 1,300 people in it. So basically all the people in Bingra worked in small business or were small business owners pretty much. So from that point really developed a, a passion for small business and the, the positive benefit that it can carry for, for communities. You know, when small business is thriving, the people in communities thrive as well. That was sort of something that stuck with me and has underpinned my, my journey since then. So I moved to Sydney to do uni and then down to Canberra to, to start working in the small business policy space for a couple of different prime ministers, uh, prime ministers, small business ministers rather, and before jumping over to work for Zero about 18 months ago. So doing doing the same sort of thing. The, the term small business advocate is, is maybe a little bit vague, but basically my job was with zero is to to make sure that the policy makers and decision makers have the information that they need to be making the best decisions on behalf of small business. So zero being a company with 940,000 subscribers in Australia, there's a lot of information that is generated across the platform that the government potentially doesn't have access to through its normal methods of ABS and surveys and that sort of thing. Um, so bridging that divide and making sure that, that um, the policymakers are, um, have access to that information means that, yeah, hopefully we can create a better future for small business. Absolutely. So close to a million subscribers in, in Australia. That's going to be a good party. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, there's, uh, I'm hoping there's going to be cupcakes. Zeros is a company that's very big on cup cupcakes and donuts to celebrate achievements. Uh, so, so, yes, I am holding out. Well, we better explain um, what Zero is exactly. For those that aren't familiar with, what is it and who is it for? 
Yeah, and I, it's a really good question because, you know, if if people aren't in small business, Zero is one of these companies, even though it's a, a listed business, it's maybe not so well known to those outside of small business. So in short, it provides software for uh, small businesses and their accountants and bookkeepers. So it uses technology to make the paperwork easier for, for businesses and to make sure that they have the, the time to be doing what they got into business for in in the first place. So when I say paperwork, you know, we're talking about the things that small businesses would typically typically do late into the night. So reconciling transactions, sending out invoices, trying to be paid for those invoices, paying their employees, their employee expenses, bills, you know, um, payroll, managing projects, the the list goes on. And, And this is the stuff that, you know, small business owners tend to do when they get home from from being at work all day and then all of a sudden they find themselves sitting up until 11 o'clock doing that um so basically yeah it's it's labor intensive for small businesses if they're trying to do it on excel um even though i'm a big fan of excel that's it's really hard slog so it's in in the cloud which is awesome because it, it means that across all devices and and you know when linked with the accountant and bookkeeper everybody's looking at up-to-date information so a business can see their financial position in in real time and so when we we find that a really popular time for small businesses to log into their account is first thing in the morning seven o'clock um, <laughs> seven o'clock Ooh, that's early <laughs> yeah you know it, it but it, it's it's one of the the signs of the stress that a small business is under because they like to check who owes the money, who do they owe money to, is how much cash do I have on hand? And is it all worthwhile? You know, am I am I actually making a profit? Oh, yeah. yeah, so so that is is basically the the core function of of Zero is to help small businesses understand and manage their their finances and their compliance activities. Yeah. I can actually, when I think of my own behavior, I do open up my Stripe account pretty early. I'm like, right, let's see if I made any money overnight or, you know, what, what I've come, what's come in this, uh, this week. And that all hooks up with my zero. Just a couple of examples, I guess, from my own business. So I, I mentioned to you, I got into zero pretty much right at the start. And um, my first iteration, I guess, of my business was as a freelancer. And so obviously there was lots of that invoicing happening. I never really thought what it would be like without zero until I hear of people who don't have it, but I could create my invoices in zero and make them set up when they were due. And then set, you can send them out directly in zero to your clients, or you could attach them, download, attach them to an email. But the beauty is that you can then see in zero when they're due and also when they're overdue. And you can send an email directly out from zero just saying, hey, here's a reminder that this invoice is now overdue. So you can very, very easily keep track of any payments that you might otherwise quite easily forget about as well. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and the, um, you know, the, the people who owe you money can forget about it as well. And so we, we see that a fair bit, you know, is that the time for invoices to be paid can blow out a really, really long way. And those simple things like setting the invoice reminder um, for when it's due or when it's a couple of days over can really have a dramatic impact on getting paid. But also having a payment solution like Stripe on the on the bottom of your invoice increases the the speed in which you get paid by 55%. So that's massive. You know, the difference between a 60 day and a, and a 30 day payment time is, is kind of having that, that solution on the bottom. So it's, you know, just giving people 
making it as easy as possible for businesses to pay you, we find really, really helps speed up the, the payment times. Definitely. Yeah. And I just remembered one other thing I used to do is with um, retainer style packages. So you can also set up invoices that basically scheduled every month or so and send out automatically, which saves so much time and remembering to do it too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's the other thing about Xero is that um, there is a uh, an ecosystem of about 800 uh, apps in, and those those guys specialize in in niche services, technology services to to help small businesses, and, and often can be quite industry specific. But that's where things like you know your subscription packages and and all of what you think is going to accelerate your strategic advantage, you can hook up with these technology solutions to make that a possibility. So. We really find that big businesses don't really have have the technology on small businesses anymore. There's a lot of these, you know, software as a service products that are on subscription. So really easy to access and implement means that all of a sudden small businesses can position themselves as a big business with better technology so that they can meet the needs of consumers in a way that big business can't. So there's a, a lot of, you know, the, of of opportunity there for small business if they can get themselves in a position to actually utilize these these types of apps. So it's really exciting. It is. Actually, this is a good segue now because I wanted to go through a couple of case studies with you, Angus. So let's say I'm just thinking about people that are in my community as well. We've got lots of different types of business owners, but let's imagine a small business owner, potentially a freelancer, photographer perhaps, and they're not yet uh, on zero. So it'd be good to talk through like some of those key features or the functions that someone like that would be able to use. Yes, absolutely. And this is such a a great example because I have just actually had some photos taken by a photographer um, who was considering moving over to zero. So we were able to have a really good discussion about why she thought it was going to be a good idea and what the problems were. So this is a, a local, very small husband and wife Canberra photography business, um, Amanda from Thorson Photography. And they have a really fantastic, beautiful user experience for someone who wants to to sign up and and get the photos taken. And so they were running off a a WordPress website and um, and a, a studio management system through a gallery provider. But the back end was kind of a bit a bit loose after that, right? So once once they were taking and they had a couple of different products which they were offering, some some corporate headshots and then the more in depth family photos and um, and and portrait packages type things. And so there was a bit of a difference in the way that they were charging for those. So they found that they were sending out invoices and and they weren't really um, sure when they were going to get paid, if they were going to get paid, what time, all of that sort of thing. It was a bit complicated formatting invoices and and making them look professional so that it mirrors the the really nice user experience that they that they had keeping track of cash flow was another absolute nightmare um, directly linked to that because they never knew if or when they were going to get paid but also tracking their crm so when someone made contact in the first instance and had a couple of questions they were kind of just falling out the bottom end as well and was on emails and they were just chasing them up manually and again it didn't quite align with the the really beautiful user experiencing that they were hoping for. So when they 
picked up zero um, and it's still a, f- a bit of a work in progress, uh, but early, early days, they were able to retain their WordPress website, which is awesome, um, and then grab one of those apps out of the ecosystem called Studio Ninja, but then uh, integrate it straight up with zero at the back end. Um, and so basically they're able to have firstly a payment service, which is, which is operating straight through Studio Ninja. Um, so I think it's Stripe on the back of that. Um, so all of a sudden they can see who owes the money, whether the invoices are overdue, give them a really nice way to pay, which is just online, a couple of methods to pay, be it PayPal or, or credit card or direct debit or, or how works best for the customer. Um, so that tidied up straight away one of the problems there. And the, the next bit was the keeping track of their cash flow. So after that payment, it was you know, easy to reconcile straight within their zero. There was some auto reconciliation they could do in there as well to take further manual input out of it. So then they had that overview of their financial position, whether they, how much cash they had in the bank firstly, but who owed the money, who do they owe money? And and, and am I actually making a profit? Do I need to do something a little bit different here? Or am I going okay? Can I breathe a little bit? And that's the thing, Angus, because often I have um, discussions and, it can almost be a surprise to some of my clients about how much they've made at the end of financial year. And I'm like, no, but you should kind of know that. If you don't really know how you're tracking, how are you making decisions? You don't know how profitable you are. So if you don't have some sort of software or in place that you're looking at and knowing those numbers, like you are flying blind. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so And I think that can contribute to stress as well. You know, someone who is actually doing really well, but not knowing it can sort of still be stressed at night. And and small business owners carry so much stress because they're carrying the weight of responsibility of themselves, but, but their employees as well. Um, so it, it, it really can just be an opportunity to breathe a little bit and go, okay, what I'm doing is working. Let's optimize what we're already doing and, and making those decisions based on, on good quality, timely, up-to-date information. So it's, yeah, hugely, hugely important. Was that everything for the photographer? Well, there is one more. It's the, uh, the CRM side of things as well, you know, and, and I think this is the, the thing about reaching into the ecosystem and having really industry-specific tools there is that they know the needs of these industry participants so once you plug in the system like like studio ninja then you've got your crm looked after as well you can manage the communications going forward and and really have the the business operations match the way that you want your business to be perceived so so amanda wanted a really crisp and and nice experience and having that all the way through the business just makes the alignment of the whole thing yeah just really really nice to interact with as a consumer um so so it gives her a lot of edge and i'm sure saves a bit of time there too (laughs) absolutely absolutely a bit stress as well you know oh did i send that email out to that person who i think made contact but were they interested i don't know but takes all of that out of it yeah so yeah it's uh saves a lot of time you can get your nights back and watch some mr robot Well, maybe, maybe we'll choose our own selection there, but uh, <laughs> no, I like it. All right. So thinking about some other people in my community, um, retail, retail owners. So I've got a mixture, you know, some that have physical stores, some that have online stores, but I'd love to hear you break down like exactly how they can use a software similar to Xero um, in those types of businesses. The core is is basically the same, you know, like once a business decides that they want to, to pick up Xero, getting their bank feeds piped in 
in um, to it so that they know what their financial position is uh, and then starting to, to invoice from there um, gives them that, that position of where they are currently in, in real time, basically. But from there, you can start to branch out into, into that ecosystem. So obviously, there's a fair bit of tailoring that you can do in that space, but that's kind of the core of, of what happens with Zero, And you can, you can tack on as many things as you like from, from Zero there to, to optimize the way that you're running your business. But from the retail side, then you can start to, and, and these things are just so accessible, but you know, making it really easy for, for somebody to come in and actually purchase what you're selling. Um, so you have the payment solution that sits on the desk there and, and the transactions that go through that software, like a, a Square, for example, just will go straight into your zero, and you can auto-reconcile it into your chart of accounts and, and make sure that that is all just tidy and neat and going where it should be so that you have the oversight of your position. But you can also start to, to look into inventory management and go, you know, how much do stock do I have on hand? How much cash is sitting there? Is that the best way that I should be managing that cash? But also the payroll side of things, who is being rostered on? Is this matching up to when we know is the busy times uh, in my business? Am I paying them right? Like, am I paying the right tax? This is all the stuff that you can pretty much automate or you can get technology to do the lion's share of lifting so that you're confident in your compliance and that you've got the product on hand to meet the customer's needs. And when it is time to start talking to the ATO and doing your BAS and doing your payroll and your single touch payroll and your, your tax return, that's as easy as it possibly can be. And you're not trawling through boxes and boxes of receipts, but sweating on paying the right PAYD either. You know, it's all just looked after and giving you the confidence and the time so that you can go, right, what's my competitive advantage? How am I beating the competition here? How can I optimize what I'm doing already? Or do I need to pivot? That's the stuff that you should be concentrating on as a business owner, not, oh God, have I paid people right? Like, is, is the, has the invoice gone out? It really should be on on doing what you're you love to do. Really, could you explain how um, the the Baz kind of works with zero? Because because I, I hear all these people saying, "Oh, I've got to go like sort that out," and I'm like, "Am I doing this wrong?" Because I just do it myself. <laughs> yeah, well, it 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 depends on how you set it up in the first place. So. Your chart of accounts, and, and here's a big disclaimer, but I'm, I'm not an accountant, uh, but I, I understand pretty much how it works. So if, if you are reconciling your transactions as they come into your Zero software, if you're saying that, that the transactions are going to the right places, when you are doing your quarterly BAS, it will auto-populate what your obligations are, and it'll give you the option to, to check off on it or send it straight through to the ATO. And so this is where it gets really important um, to, to have your accountant or your bookkeeper hooked into your Zero account as well, which you as the, as the subscriber can, can choose and go, okay, accountant or bookkeeper, here's, here's access to my Zero. Have I actually done all of this right? Um, because I'm guessing a lot of business owners aren't accountants either, and it, it can be kind of nerve wracking. Um, so, but they can check over it and go, yeah, you have, you've absolutely nailed it. You've, you've put everything in, into the right spending categories. We're right to go. We can just, just lodge it and, and you're good. And that is just so much easier than going through and highlighting, you know, lines on a, on a bank transaction and, and sending it over to your accountant and so expensive for your accountant as well, because they've got to tally it up if you're doing it manually. 
And so that's kind of the stuff that they hate to be doing as well because they've got so much opportunity to be advising you on how to be running your business better or areas of concern, um, which they can see in, in clear day as well if, if they're looking at your up-to-date zero subscription. Yeah, absolutely. But it does make it super easy. I know when you can just kind of click a few buttons and it's like, right, this is the amount that you owe based on your, how much you've brought in, how much you've spent that we're, that's got GST on it and all of this. So um, yeah. Yep. Could you explain, because we've mentioned a few times the reconciliation with transactions. Could you just kind of just do a little explanation of what that actually is for those that yeah. maybe aren't sure? Yeah, sure. So once you've set up a, uh, a bank feed within Zero, basically what that is, is if I'm banking with the, with the NAB for my merchant account, you'll be able to every morning see the list of transactions on your merchant account, um, which, which has come in from the day before. And so what you can do is, is you can match up the, the transactions within your Zero subscription with, with what they were for. And so then you can allocate those costs over to the chart of accounts into the appropriate spending buckets, um, be it sales or revenue or you know expenses, petty cash, whatever it could be, so that you can keep track of where all your spending is going, what you're going to be taxed on, what you're not, what you're going to have to look into further, what's a problem, um, and, and just gives you oversight of, of managing your, your business. Yeah. Something that I really like doing, and this, when I used to do the freelance style work, so we used to do website design, branding, um, copywriting, what else? Social media strategy workshops. So I could actually set up those different, I guess, accounts, um, or categories in zero and then see which I was actually earning the most in under those different categories and also the percentages. So then when I got to the end of financial year, or even just kind of a, a point in my business where I was like, right, I'm doing a lot of things here, which do I enjoy the most and which actually are the most profitable? So I found that really, really powerful too. And even now, just going forward with my business now, with my different online programs, with um, with some speaking, um, with events, I can easily see, okay, well, this is worth me putting my focus on. It's very, very profitable or it's like 80% of the revenue of my business. So I love doing that sort of thing. Yeah, and, and that's just the control that you can get. Um, when you have the bandwidth to have a look, you know, and, but if you stayed up until 11 o'clock last night and you start at six o'clock in the morning as a small business owner, it starts to become very difficult to focus on, as you say, what you like doing or, or where you're earning money. So it's, it's a real area of, of freedom. And, and the thing about zero is it's so customizable that you can set it up in a way to marry up with what you seek from it. You know, that, that chart of accounts type stuff or, or, Finding where is an area of opportunity is up to the way that you set it up. Yeah, that's so true. Under my, um, I guess, expense categories, I think they are, I have uh, things like professional development. I have Facebook ads, my own consultants that work for me. I've got my subcontractors and all of that too, which gives me a lot of power, I think, being being able to see exactly, right, well, I spent this much on subcontractors. That's kind of the cost of operating. If I, They're kind of my fixed cost, you know, understanding that too. What, what are those variable ones that kind of fluctuate? Oh, and then the subscriptions too, which can add up as well with my type of business when you're running online programs and all of that but just gives me that power to actually see what I'm spending absolutely and and it can be kind of a a complicated area as well um you know for for people who may not be so confident with how to set it up as well that's um 
really a good opportunity to bring in an accountant or a bookkeeper or an advisor to set it up in a way where you can benefit most from it. Um, so we use the analogy fairly frequently about zero subscriptions being similar to a gym subscription. So you can go in there and you can figure it out and you can, you know, get out of it what you put into it. But if you have a personal trainer, it will hold you accountable. It'll make sure that you're using everything correctly and that you're getting the most benefit out of the subscription that you have. Most of our small businesses also are hooked in with an, an advisor, being an accountant or a bookkeeper. Um, it's, a, it's around 85%. And we think that that is, is really really good practice to have some kind of contact with with those experts. That's actually a good lead in now to a question that I wanted to ask about those that have been using Xero for a while. Are there some maybe less obvious features or new features that we might not be aware of? I know there's going to be so many, but are there any that you could uh, touch on? Yeah, so I, I actually get really excited about this question because it's really challenging times at the moment. And, and I think that it's in that challenge, there's also opportunity, but it's never been more important to stay on top of your cash flow um, and making sure that you have cash on hand to, to make it through a challenging period. Because we know as well that about 80% of businesses that close down is because of cash flow problems. So viable businesses can still go to the wall just because they run out of cash. Zero has, has recently introduced a business snapshot feature, which means that you can start comparing different periods together to see how you're going uh, and, and what impact activities have had. Um, so this is stuff like profit and loss or turnover or payment times, expenses um, and general efficiency between periods. So that is, is something new that people are enjoying now that, you know, the, the lockdowns are, are having some negative effects in, in different areas of the economy. And kind of related to that as well as a short-term cash flow tool. So this one will project what your bank will look like 30 days into the future um, based on the invoices and the bills. Yeah, so this is this is a really, really good one. So and especially, especially important now, you know, that, that um, things can be starting to run fairly close to the line. And so, again, working with an advisor um, to talk about if there's an issue with your cash flow over the next 30 days going, OK, how can we how can we fix this? What are some of the, the tips that you can give me to, to get through this? But the other thing as well, and this one is is always um, always moving along, is is the new entrance to the app ecosystem as well. Every day, you know, this is is such an amazing space of of such forward thinking technology entrepreneurs that are making life easier for businesses in really niche areas. You know, so this is where the the fintechs and the regtechs of the world are, are really stepping up to to make life easier and to accelerate that competitive advantage as well you know and small businesses are in this position where if they love something you know if you have this amazing user experience at another business you can just go how do i do that too and and there's it nearly guaranteed to be a solution in the in the app store there so how do you go about finding it and using it to reach more customers or to be more efficient in your back end or to to amp up your crm but use technology to really step it up and and take it to the big players and the big industry you know profit capturers to get in there so it's um yeah it's 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 really exciting there's and especially now um it's a hard time but there's a fair bit of opportunity out there as well are there any particular apps that you've been excited by that you've seen 
Recently, I have fallen in love with the uh, with the HR apps. So there's a couple in that space like Deputy and Tander and Keepay and Employment Hero. And these guys, for employing businesses, you can roster employees. And, and as I was saying a bit before, you know, you can, can map where are the busy times. Um, and, and it goes a fair way into automating what it thinks um, will be your requirements there. But also... Um, there's been a fair bit of talk about how hard it is recently to pay people correctly based on the awards. Um, because when you look at these awards, they're an absolute nightmare. I can't imagine. I don't have any employees. I can't imagine. Yeah. And, and it's it's just, you know, impossible when you look at the, the awards and, and those in hospitality and those sort of things where there's different grades of, of awards and different ways that people are paid by what they do if they open the door in in the morning they they should get paid a different amount which is totally fine but there is a way that technology can can simplify all of that complexity uh, and bring it to a small business owner so that basically it's it's getting harder and harder to get it wrong Um, so that removes a lot of risk and a lot of stress from small businesses because especially in hospitality there's you know, when you look at these awards in one way or another, it's, it's so hard to get it right. And so many people get it wrong that you'd think that basically everybody is getting it wrong if you look hard enough. So these guys, like these apps can step in there and go, okay, as long as the, the timesheet is filled out correctly, every single one of those award components can, can be looked after and they'll just auto-populate it for you. And all of a sudden there's no stress. So yeah, they're the ones recently that I've been absolutely loving. That's awesome. All right, last two questions. And we might've already covered one of these, but I wanted to hear, cause I know you see behind the scenes of thousands or hundreds of thousands, millions potentially of small businesses. Are there any trends that you've seen happening lately that you wanted to touch on for us? Yeah. So Zero has a program called Zero Small Business Insights. And so this is an analysis of hundreds of thousands of our subscribers' information um, in aggregated and, and de-identified ways so that we can gain an understanding of what's happening in the small business sector in pretty close to real time. And so this is an area after coming from from government and small business policy that they just don't have oversight over at the moment. So the ABS has has surveys um, and a bunch of the banks have surveys and these might be a couple of hundred people or a couple of thousand people and they might come out a month after they've done the survey, a quarter after they've done the survey. And so at times like now when we're kind of deep in a crisis, that information isn't all that handy. So Zero Small Business Insights means that we can figure out what's going on in the sector and um, and make the government aware of that information so that they can, they can make the decisions that they need. So basically what we have seen since the start of coronavirus is that small businesses were pretty hard hit. Employees in small businesses were pretty hard hit. Um, It was down about 13% in employment terms and and revenue was down about 12% uh, year on year. So it has bounced back a little bit in May. So this was before Melbourne was was shut down again. Um, we saw the revenue improve by about 4% off its, off its April lows. Um, and sales were starting to improve in, in May as well. So things were starting to look relatively, you know, like they might be turning a bit of a corner. We'll, we'll see at the end of this month what the, the lockdowns might have done in Melbourne. But also we're starting to see just different areas and accelerating trends in small business as well. And so this is where 
I think it's really exciting is is e-commerce is just absolutely shooting the lights out at the moment. You know, people are forced to be buying things online that they wouldn't have before. I think it was even in April this year, there was something like 200,000 new households who were starting to buy online. So this trend that has been bubbling on for a while has just absolutely gone crazy now. A lot of businesses are starting to change the way that they are meeting consumer needs by, by cutting out the middleman and selling direct to the consumer, which is, which is a really manageable thing for a lot of small businesses to be doing at the moment through the technology that's readily available. But we're also seeing a bunch of new businesses starting to come through as well. There's a lot of uh, interest in buying existing businesses, but how to start a new business as well. So I think that there's something really interesting happening with the amount of underemployment, which is devastating for especially young people, but the tech savvy nature of young people as well. And the way that they can scale offerings through really accessible means like social media means that all of a sudden you can be selling something really niche, but have this massive market. So it's, it's easy to, to start a business and start selling online to, to big markets in an afternoon if you, if you turn your mind to it. So yeah, it's, it's fascinating watching it un, unravel, I guess, but I'm, I'm really interested to see if we start seeing a lot of really niche micro businesses serving markets that have been really carefully identified. And, and I, I think it'd be all the better for it, really. I have um, one of my students, Carla from Divine Treasure. She's just one of one of the students that I have in, um, in that e-commerce space. And um, she started her business towards the end of last year. She started, uh, she joined my program towards the start of this year. And um, it's like every month, I think she's like doubling the business every month right now or something like that. I hope that's right, Carla, that I haven't screwed that up, but she's just going so well. And it's just so exciting. And so she said, um, jewelry. So just earrings, that's all she sells. So I guess you could say that's a pretty niche market. And traditionally, maybe people would have gone to the shopping mall or a jeweler to get them. But um, it's just so exciting for her to see, wow, this is really taking off. Yeah. And, and, you know, even five years ago, it would have been setting up a business in, in a mall or, or on a street somewhere with huge overheads, you know, like the, the risk of starting that business is out of reach for so many young people, but now it's completely in reach, you know, and especially with, with a bit of government um, support that's floating around as well in, in terms of money, it de-risks it even further. So you can start a business with a thousand, $2,000 and start scaling out to the whole of Australia, but why not look further abroad? You can start going international and exporting you know, fairly easily as well. And, and there's big platforms like, like Amazon and, and eBay who, who will facilitate that without, without having to do too much manual work. So the world is the oyster of the small business person. If they're, if they're keen to give it a crack, it, it's going to be supported. I love it. All right. Now, this is a big question to finish on, but I did want to, while I had you here, ask, are there any top tips you have for accounting? I know you're not an accountant as such, but any top accounting tips for small business owners? The big tips for one is to is to engage them, firstly, um, as an expert advisor, um, but to find the accountant or the bookkeeper who matches aligns with the business that 
that is held. You wouldn't expect, but the accounting industry um, has gone through a bit of a revolution in the last in the last few years. And these guys aren't so much just the, the number crunches that they used to be, but they're tech advisors as well. And so they understand how to implement technology in businesses to be extracting the most out of the competitive advantage that's there. So using them as a sounding board for, for that side of the business is just pays off in spades. But you need to make sure that you're finding the right advisor with the right skills to advise you on, on the information that you seek. Um, so, you know, the the array is is massive you know you've got your traditional um, accountants and bookkeepers who are very happy to take take your invoices and your receipts in a uh, in a shoebox and and that's their that's their bread and butter and that's totally fine but then on the other side of things you know you've you've got the guys who are really forward leaning and they're really pushing the boundaries about where small business is at the moment and they're and they're hungry they're hungry to to help their businesses succeed with technology and and being cutting edge um, so it's just finding where you are on that spectrum and making sure that the alignment that you have with your with your advisor is a good one um, and speaking to them regularly. Because if you do find your alignment with your advisor, uh, I think that you'll talk to them all the time and they will be adding far more value um, than, than what you actually pay for them. Great tip. Great tip. Well, Angus, thank you so much for joining me. I've loved, loved chatting. And um, I know that this is going to be a very, very valuable episode with lots of great insights and tips for the listeners. So thank you so much. Where can we find you? Where can we find Zero? What's the best places to go? Oh, well, if you want to find Zero, you can you can just go to Xero.com um, and you'll, you'll find us online. If you want to find me, then I'm just Angus Capel on LinkedIn. Very happy to, to chat with anybody who, who's interested in small business or, or what we do. We've got a really, a really passionate workforce across Xero. So anything that we can do to help, um, just reach out to us and we'll be, we'll be happy to to be an ear. Do you have an Instagram, Angus? I don't. What? I don't have an Instagram. Oh, you're so out of I have of a place. Twitter. You're so out of place here. <laughs> well, well, when I uh, when I finish Mr. Robot season four, then that might be next next cab off the rank is setting up an Instagram account. Get your new but shots I, uh, on there that you've had taken. Absolutely, and and the three or four hundred hundred shots of my new cocker spaniel as well. You know, it's going to be wall to wall Thorsten photography and and cocker spaniel puppy. You could do it'll a dog be, It'll be good content. Definitely, definitely. Ah, oh, well, thank. Thanks, Angus, and look forward to speaking again soon. No worries, great to talk to you. Thank you for listening to The Emily Osmond Show, brought to you by my Instagram freebies, which you'll find at emilyosmond.com forward slash free. So please take a few seconds to leave me a review, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode, and be sure to take a screenshot of this podcast, upload it to your social media, and tag me at Emily Osmond so I can give you a shout out too. Until next time, remember connection over perfection. You've got this and we'll speak soon.